I'm Open Family. Welcome back. I missed you. Today, we have a lot to talk about. The NBA is back. The WNBA is back. But for some reason, the biggest topic on everybody's minds is food. We're also going to be talking about what the Hoopers are doing to stay out of and sometimes get into trouble. And how do you know who's really, really friends? All this and so much more coming up next on the I'm Open Podcast. I'm Open Family. Welcome back. I am David, your host, your guide, your friend. And first of all, I want to just thank you guys for being patient with me. I've taken a little mental health break from the pod over the last couple months as I focused on some other creative projects. I am super excited to share some details shortly. Hold tight and you'll see we're working on some really exciting stuff. I'm really excited to share that with you guys and and get your feedback on that. But we're back. We're back with a big podcast. We got a lot to talk about. And if this is your first time listening to I'm Open or maybe just because it's been a little while and you forgot, this podcast is for people, period. This podcast is for people. If you think that you don't like sports, if you think that there's nothing going on in the world of sports that you can relate to that affects you and your life, well, this is going to open your eyes and your ears to some new new perspectives. And if you think you already know everything about sports, you know batting averages, you know who plays right tackle for the Oakland Raiders, you, I promise you, on ESPN, on Bleacher Report, no matter where you go, you will not find these takes, you will not find this same perspective on the world of sports. We're doing something new, we're doing something special, bringing everyone together around sports and connecting them to our lives, what's funny about it, what's exciting about it, what's interesting, and how does that reflect on our society? Now, we like to joke around on this podcast, we like to have a lot of fun, we like to goof, but before we really go into it, I need to just say, Breonna Taylor's murderers still have not been charged. That is way more important than anything I'm going to say the rest of the podcast. I hope you do keep listening. But just because this is a comedy podcast, just because this is an entertaining podcast, we still need to keep in mind the real shit that's going on in this world. And there are so many great voices of color that you guys should be listening to, reading about these issues. Um, Breonna Taylor's murders still have not been charged, and we need justice in this country. Also, please, please keep wearing your masks. Keep wearing your masks, okay? Somehow, people understand the concept of Eskimo brothers better than they understand the concept of germs. I mean, if you wouldn't let somebody lick the top of your Heineken Please wear your fucking mask, okay? I am not a doctor, but COVID has affected my life personally with people that I know and has hurt me already. I know it's probably affected a lot of your lives and people around you as well. This is real. It's not an opinion. It's not a belief system. Science is real, just like gravity, right? Each step, you hit the ground. You don't just start walking up into the air. Science is real. This is not a science podcast. This is not a politics podcast. But please, I'm open family, wear your masks. 
this stuff is real life. It's not just a trend, okay? The injustices against people of color in this country, that's real. That's not a hashtag trending problem. That's something that is real that is going to take a long time to fix and has taken a long time to fix. We cannot change our focus change our minds, switch to start watching a new show that comes on, or just new entertainment that comes on. We need to stay focused. And big shout out to Renee Montgomery, superstar point guard of the Atlanta Dream, who has decided to sit out this entire WNBA season to focus on social justice and creating reform, especially in Atlanta, where she lives and works. Now, This state of Georgia still to this day is we are seeing active circumstances of disenfranchisement in the state. If you don't know what that means, there are active forces in the state of Georgia. And that's not the only place. I'm just using this as an example because Renee is really focusing on this. And she's uh, she's a big hero of ours legend from UConn women's basketball, two-time WNBA champion, and really a legend lady hooper of the WNBA, she's focusing this season on the issues going on in her community that she sees. First of all, the governor of Georgia is literally suing the mayor right now because she is trying to do her best to keep her citizens and her city safe. And this is the crazy world we're living in in the year 2020. And yes, disenfranchisement, if you don't know what that means, it means they're literally stopping people from voting. Now, if you think this country is a democracy, if you think this country is supposed to be a democracy, voting is what allows people to have a voice in the democracy. Okay? Super PACs, let's be honest, super PACs basically get to pick who runs for president. You need millions and millions of dollars to run for president. Okay, so you need a lot of money. Rich people end up running for president. It's not a surprise. Both sides of the aisle. But people need to be able to vote. And we are seeing still in this country, after decades and decades of trying to push forward on this issue, we are still seeing active, active efforts to prohibit people, especially low-income people of color, from expressing their democratic right. To vote. That's not opinion. That is fact. It's not a coincidence because this is happening and directly affecting people of color. And we've seen that in Atlanta. We've seen that across the state of Georgia. Shout out to Renee Montgomery, who is taking this season and taking her time, her platform to push these issues. She recognized and and you can read her uh, piece on the Players Tribune which is from her own words, why she decided to do this. She's done a lot of great interviews explaining why as well and why this moment is so important for her to focus on social reform rather than going back to the uh, WNBA season. Now, WNBA players, we love them as you've heard before on the I'm Open podcast. We're huge WNBA fans. And these women have been awesome leaders on the court and off the court for years. And we're seeing this year, we're seeing with this movement how strong they have been and what important vocal leaders they have been. Maya Moore, a fellow UConn grad, fellow champion, gold medalist, legendary hooper, 
took off last, last season, WNBA season, to focus on social reform as well. So these women are not new to being leaders for, for the community. They're not new to speaking up for social justice. And it's been awesome to see Renee and her colleagues speaking up, being advocates, and using their platform to create change. Now, a lot of WNBA players lately have been also rallying around Elena Del Don of my Washington Mystics, reigning champions. She's the reigning MVP. Now, something a lot of people probably don't know about Elena is that she's been suffering from Lyme disease. And this is super serious. It's a disease that affects you for a long time and is basically impossible to get rid of. She wrote a whole explanation of her process of basically taking upwards of 60 pills a day. Just like, just listen to that. 60 pills a day. This woman literally wakes up and eats about two dozen pills before she even has breakfast or anything else. Just imagine doing that. And she talked about how she knows this isn't really healthy for her body anyway. Lyme disease obviously can have a really negative effect on her body on and also on, on your psyche mentally. But, you know, taking all these medications can also have side effects as well. And Elena has gone through so much to be able to perform at the highest level in the WNBA and this season, with the coronavirus, with the situation going on in terms of the public health crisis in this country, Elena put in a request to sit out the WNBA season due to health concerns, which was somehow rejected by the league. Now, I would think that maybe by the time this podcast comes out, hopefully by the time you're listening to it and talking about it with your friends, hopefully we see some change because so many players around this league have stood up and have spoken up on behalf of Elena. She's been a very strong advocate herself and basically saying, I mean, imagine if you're a men's basketball player, if you know men, this is like the Kevin Durant of women's basketball. I mean, I don't need to rattle off stats, but if she was playing in the NBA, her stats would translate to something like 25 points, 10 rebounds a game, and shooting about 40% from three. That's an MVP level player, obviously, legend Hall of Fame level player, which she is in the WNBA. And for the WNBA league to basically say that her health concerns were not valid is absolutely insane. Elena has been speaking up about this talking about what she has to go through, raising awareness about Lyme disease and what she actually has to go through each day just to keep her body prepared to perform athletically at the highest level. And so many of her colleagues have reached out, fellow hoopers have reached out and have spoken out to say this is absolutely ridiculous. If she doesn't feel like she can safely play basketball, and be around other people and a large amount of other people, she should not be forced to do so and she should not be forced to to forfeit her contract. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, wait a sec, why are they even playing basketball? Even though people somehow moved on to the latest TikTok trend, for so those of us who are still paying attention, yes, this is still a pandemic. 
that is affecting this country far more than any other country in the world. Well, believe it or not, sports slowly but surely are starting to come back. The NBA and the WNBA have set up bubbles basically where they try to contain in a giant quarantine bubble all of their players in in order to play out the season. Now, in the case of the NBA, the NBA has 30 teams and 22 of them are being included in the bubble. And unfortunately for a couple teams out there, New York Knicks, sorry, Atlanta Hawks, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, Some of you guys are not in the bubble, but since the NBA season was already drawing to a close, NBA leadership decided to limit the number of NBA teams in the bubble to 22. Um, So only the teams who actually have a chance of making the playoffs still are included in the bubble, as well as my Washington Wizards, just so we can see my guy Rui Hachimura go off for about 50 points a game. I think that's the main reason they included him, and also so we can get nice videos of him fishing and riding boats in Disney World. Wait, Disney World? Yes, I did say Disney World. Now, we, why why does Disney World relate to basketball? Why is Rui, my guy, the Japanese sensation in Disney World? Well, that is where all of the basketball will be played this year. So, where are there a lot of hotels that are empty? Disney World. That is where the NBA season and playoffs and championship that's where everything is going down in a bubble in Disney World they've got several different resorts and each team is split up you know they've got three or four teams in each resort in Disney World now the WNBA bubble as the ladies are calling it the wubble with W for women WNBA is very close by in Bradenton Florida So they all went to Florida, the hotspot of the coronavirus right now. I'm not trying to make light of that. I, it just, it's ironic that it ended up working out that way, but Disney World did seem to be a closed and semi-safe area where there wouldn't be a lot of other people. Now, just recently, Disney World has basically started releasing their guidelines for opening back up, which personally, I'm not a doctor, but seems like a pretty stupid idea. But if Disney World does open back up soon and they start having families and and people go there, it's going to add a whole different layer of tension and anxiety, I'm sure, for the NBA and their players who are there. But what's it like right now on the ground? Because if you haven't heard about this before, if you haven't heard about the bubble before, it's really a bizarre situation and... If the NBA isn't already filming this to create some sort of a wild behind-the-scenes documentary series, every single person who works for the NBA should be fired immediately. Because this thing is, obviously, with everything that's gone on over the past year or or so, or you could just say the past three, three and a half years, you really can't make it up. It's really almost too crazy to be true. 
And this is literally a situation where the guys are showing on their Instagram, Snapchat. I don't know if people still use Snapchat, but whatever social medias the guys have, they're showing videos of literally an empty, empty, empty Disney World where the only people there are NBA players and their colleagues, folks who are working as support staff, coaches, trainers, etc., for the teams. And then the kind of the people who are just kind of ushering the guys from one place to another, driving them on little golf carts to practice. So the entire NBA is in this little quarantine bubble, it's not that little, in Orlando, in Disney World. Orlando Magic players, they might say, well, why can't I just go home? No, it's a bubble. It's a bubble. They're staying in in the bubble in Orlando, just like everybody else is. The cool thing is, it's not like, look, at the beginning, the guys were complaining about it. Based on their social media, it doesn't look that brutal. I mean, they're doing a lot of golfing, they're doing a lot of fishing, Seems like they have like some boats available for them to use and kind of like roll around on. And they've got a lot of pools to play in, to splash around in. They've got a whole player's lounge set up for them with games, ping pong, arcade games. Um, It's basically like a big summer camp for all these grown men, right? So there will not be any fans, which is going to be weird. There's going to be all these games that we're going to start seeing if everything goes according to plan starting July 31st. There will be no fans. And right now, the teams have all basically been practicing in ballrooms of the different, like, so like one team is at like the Coronado Resort at Disney. They're all Disney resorts. They all have different little Disney names. So, um, you know, these guys are set up within a ballroom where it looks like they would have like a convention or, or something like that a conference, and they've got hardwood basketball courts set up on the floor of the ballroom, and that's where they meet, that's where they practice, and they've got about 22 of those, not about, they've got exactly 22 different setups ready for each of the different teams. So the fact that the NBA has been able to pull this off has been um, really incredible so far. Obviously, they haven't started playing the games yet, but all the guys are in the bubble. They have started practicing. Um, They're getting tested, I think, very often, maybe a couple times a week. The NBA has even brought in special bubble barbers and setting up a little barber shop for the guys. Um, So, look, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, um, he's done a great job in terms of listening to the players. What do they need? What do they want to be safe? How are they going to feel comfortable being in this bubble for a long time? I mean, some things are just going to suck being away from their family members. Now, I've heard discussions that maybe in a a month or so, once they cut down the teams, uh, when some of the teams who, you know, probably won't make the playoffs, like sadly my Wizards, the Phoenix Suns, the maybe Grizzlies, they, they still, the Grizzlies still have a chance, the Spurs, teams who may or may not make the playoffs. Once those teams leave the bubble, uh, I have heard that there'll be a chance that they start to bring families, kids, significant others into the bubble to watch the playoffs. We'll see if that ends up happening or not. But the NFL, um, a couple years ago, maybe it was just last year actually, tried to steal Adam Silver, who's the commissioner of the NBA, and make them their commissioner. And Honestly, in a time of very weak leadership all around this country uh, from people in power, uh, it's great to see a leader like Adam Silver who's listening, who's finding consensus, and who's looking for solutions that keep people healthy 
and happy, which is um, seems basic, but um, I guess it's not so basic of an expectation anymore in the year 2020. Now, one thing that I've talked about before on I'm Open that is always so interesting to me about sports is the whole friendship thing. And we'll, we're going we're gonna to go into this more in depth on a future episode because I think it's really interesting to talk about friends or fake friends or real friends, right? When we see guys out on the court high-fiving, slapping each other on the rear end, chest bumping, we assume that they're all best friends. And I'm sure when we think back on our sport careers or if you didn't play sports, that's absolutely okay because it's the I'm Open podcast. And everybody's welcome here. But I'm sure you had some sort of a team activity. Maybe you were on a play. Maybe you were on a chorus. Maybe you were uh, on the Girl Scouts. You build really close bonds with your teammates. And I know folks that I played baseball with, basketball with, soccer with when I was a kid, I'm still friends with to this day. I felt really close with at the time as well as friends. Well, for professional athletes, it's just not quite the same. This is their job. They all go back home after to their families. They all get traded and and go as free agents to new teams, to different teams. So when you see guys high-fiving and slapping each other on the ass after they make a three-pointer, that doesn't mean they're best friends. A lot of guys are just like, I don't know, imagine how you are with your colleagues. Yeah, they spend a lot of time together. They go on road trips together, all of that. But they're not all really best friends. I mean, LeBron... He has publicly said he only really feels like he has a couple friends in the NBA. Dwayne Wade, who's still on his retirement tour, I think, um, as he's been for the last 36 months. I think the retirement tour is still going for D-Wade. Shout out, my guy. Carmelo Anthony, who is back in the NBA. Go get some buckets for him, Melo. Represent West Baltimore, even though New York tried to pretend that that was where you were from. We all know Melo's a Baltimore boy. And... Chris Paul, the head of the Players Union. Um, so those are the those are the main guys uh, who LeBron is really friends with in the NBA. That's really it. Now I think Kevin Durant is his friend, John Wall is his friend, but really, really inner circle, it's those guys. And I think that's pretty common for many, many NBA players. It's not like they're friends with every single other guy. They already have their friends who they played college with, played high school with, grew up with, right? They're not all just real bestie best friends. That's not real. You're not best friends with all of your coworkers. It wouldn't I mean, maybe you are. If you are, shout out to you, congratulations. But it's just not realistic, right? Most people are not. But one thing I really love about this is that we're getting to see now through their Instagrams, through social media, etc., who is really friends with who, who hangs out with who. And it's a lot of fun. We're getting to see behind the scenes because these guys can't go anywhere else. They can't leave. They can't visit their families. They can't go out to a club or to a show. They're all stuck in the bubble. So to my I'm Open family members, you might not know who any of these names are, and that's totally fine. That's why I love you guys. But for example, I've been enjoying seeing Kyle Kuzma and JaVale. I didn't know they were so tight, but they're boys. They've been hanging out together the whole time. And they were going down the water slides together, which was like creepy because the whole thing was totally empty. Not creepy that grown men are going down water slides. Though the slide did seem like it was having a little trouble because both of those guys are about 
seven. Well, Javel's about seven two. Kyle's about six nine or ten. The water slide didn't look like it was quite made for. For, for bodies that big, but they were running around, no line on the slides, swimming around the pools together. We're actually seeing who is friends, right? LeBron, he's been hanging out with Anthony Davis, of course, his guy who we just brought over to the Lakers, and Quinn Cook, one of DC's finest. Uh, they've all been hanging out, right? So JJ Redick, he and Josh Hart, his Pelicans teammate, have been hanging out a lot, golfing and stuff. Josh Hart, hates golfing and he thinks it's dumb and boring which um you're not that far off josh but he's been still going out to hang out with jj so we're actually seeing the moments of like who's hanging out with who who's really actually genuine friends with who all the guys have been fishing um for some reason i guess there's some little fishing lagoon you can go to in disney or something um i'm pretty sure like an alligator came out of that thing and like ate a kid a couple years ago so i hope they're being careful but a lot of the guys have been out fishing, taking little boat trips. Luka Doncic has been hanging out a lot with Boban, Big Boban, who's about seven foot five. He's the biggest guy in the NBA right now, and he also has the biggest ears in the NBA right now. And um, that made Tobias Harris a little jealous who used to be Boban's best friend when they played on the Clippers and when they played on the Sixers together. They kept getting traded around to different teams together, Toby and Boby. It was so cute. They were best friends. If you look up Toby and Boby, actually, there's a lot of very nice stuff about uh, their friendship. And Tobias Harris is really cute. He was filming a window through through his window, uh, Luca and Boban hanging out, and he was like, man, Boban, I don't know, I forget exactly what he said, but it was basically like, man, Boban really left me hanging, I can't believe now you're hanging out with Luke instead of me. Well, the next day, luckily, Boban made up for it, and sent, to sent Tobias some chocolates and wine to his room to cheer him up, and I think he did say he forgave him. So, we're seeing all these social dynamics, and this goes back to, like I said, if the NBA is not filming all of this stuff, I don't know whether you're doing HBO, Amazon Prime, like whether you're doing a Hard Knocks thing or what, Netflix, whatever you're doing, if the NBA is not filming this entire thing, you should all be fired other than Adam Silver, my guy, I love you, but everybody else should be absolutely fired if you're not filming this. I'd like to believe they are, and I'm, I'll be excited to see it. So... It's not just about how these guys are getting ready to come back and play. It's how they're entertaining themselves. We were seeing a lot of ping pong as well. Different pool time, reading. Everybody's doing different things to entertain themselves, as you probably are at home. But the only difference is you don't have a pool, a game room, and a fishing lagoon. But if you do, shout out to you. No no hate coming from, from me on that one. You are listening to I'm Open. Don't forget to give us a rating, write us a review, and tell a friend to listen to the show. There are so many storylines we're excited to bring back in the NBA. And... I'll just say again, Brianna Taylor's murders still have not been charged. That storyline is more important than any of these storylines that I'm talking about. So 
please do your due diligence. Learn about that if you haven't already. But I'm, I'm going to keep doing my little part here, joking, helping bring people together over sports, over comedy. And there's a lot to talk about. LeBron going for a title. His first chance for a title with the Lakers. His second year with the Lakers, but last year he uh, sat out a large part due to injury. Now he's got his guy Anthony Davis. He's got his buddy J.R. Smith, Prince of Hennessy, back out of retirement or wherever he was on the Lakers. They even got Dion Waiters on the Lakers, and they are going for a title. Zion, the rookie, the young one who was promised, can he fight his way with his buddies on the Pelicans to a playoff spot? Now, Zion just actually left the bubble due to family emergency. Can he make it back now to the bubble in time to help his team to a playoff spot? Obviously, whatever's going on with his family is, I'm sure, much more important than winning a couple basketball games. And Zion is a great guy, and he clearly has that perspective and puts family first. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George on the LA Clippers. Are they ready to get a title in their first year together in LA? Could Kawhi Leonard become the first player ever to win finals MVP for three different teams? Could Kawhi Leonard, something nobody else has been able to do, could he knock LeBron off again and get himself another title? So many storylines. Giannis, the Greek freak, my guy. Could he finally get over the hump, make it to the NBA Finals, which he's never done before, and bring a title to the city of Milwaukee that's been waiting and waiting for a hoops title basically since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar left and went to the Lakers decades ago? So we're we're, we're thinking about all these storylines, but the biggest storyline that has overridden all of these has been the food in the bubble. So... I love food, um, as I'm sure you do too. I'm passionate about it. I love to cook for myself. I love to cook for the people I love. Hopefully one day I can cook for you. And I love to eat good food as well. So the food stories, it, it's, it, the food stories are always on my mind. I'll be honest. Sometimes I get in trouble with my girlfriend because we're eating lunch and I'm already thinking about dinner or maybe I'm remembering a meal I ate last week or last month or last year. And, and I, she always just says, just focus on what we're eating right now. Stop talking about other meals. But it just shows the way my mind works. I love to eat. It's nice. It's fun. So there's been a lot of food stories, and it's not just because that's the way my brain is wired. The food stories really have been overpowering a lot of these other stories here in the bubble. Now, at first, when the guys started moving in, we were getting a lot of complaints about the food. Philadelphia 76ers center Joel Embiid sent a photo of the food to his Instagram feed and said something along the lines of, I think I'm going to lose 50 pounds by the time this is over. Um, J.R. Smith sent a photo of the food as well to his Instagram complaining about it. Now, I love J.R. I know it's probably partly tongue-in-cheek. I'm just happy that he's back in the league. But uh, J.R. is definitely the last person who should be complaining right now. He really was not even in in the NBA the entire season. The Lakers have a couple injuries, a couple guys who are not going to be making the trip down to Orlando to the bubble, including Avery Bradley. Finley Prep legend, uh, Texas Longhorn legend, Avery Bradley, he decided to stay home 
uh, with his family due to health concerns as well. And shout out to him, family first, always. And I, I appreciate that. I have no qualms, no doubts that he made the right decision on that. But as these guys are choosing to, you know, sit out for, for different priorities and for different reasons, the uh, teams are having to find replacement guys to come in. Now, the last time we saw JR and LeBron together was in Cleveland. Oh, and we got one of the best sports memes ever, at least in the last couple of years, when LeBron was pointing his hands, and I'm making the gesture right now, but he can't see me, but LeBron was pointing his hands outstretched at JR, like, what are you doing? And he was making a face, like, what are you doing, JR? And JR was dribbling the ball backwards away from the basket as time expired on the clock against the Warriors. Now, they're back. They're back. And for all this shit that people talk about JR, the Hennessy's hitting and all this stuff, LeBron obviously likes him because he keeps, you know, he played with him before in Cleveland. He brought him now with, out to LA when they had an opening on the team. And we're excited to see JR back in the league, back in the playoffs. The league is always more fun when he's in it. So I'm excited. But JR. You are the last dude right now who needs to be complaining. You should just be grateful that you are in the NBA because, honestly, a lot of people forgot, <laughs> you know? You could have been playing in China this year, okay? Maybe he was playing in China this year. I'm honestly not sure. So, you are the last dude right now who should be complaining about what food you're getting. Now, I know, I know. It's, like I said, I love food. I'm not the pickiest eater, but I, I I do love food, so I can understand why you really want to have good food. But we've been seeing some of the pictures as well from the guys on Instagram, on social media here, posting the things they've been eating, and they don't look, I mean, it doesn't look that bad. First of all, they're giving the guys a lot of food. They really are giving them a lot. And there's one here that I'm looking at Hassan Whiteside. It looks like he's got like meatballs and steak and rice and turkey and asparagus all at the same time. I mean, that's a lot of food. I know they're big guys, but it's they have like menu options. They have choices. It's not like you just show up and get your school lunch. Like they're actually letting the guys pick off a menu and they have like a little cart go around Almost like you would on an airplane with room service for each of the players. Now, I've heard some complaints from players that the food is not warm. And that's totally valid. It's really hard, though, to individually deliver room service to each of these guys, especially when you consider, like, that that all, all of that food I just mentioned was just for Hassan Whiteside. He had meatballs, steak, rice, asparagus, carrots, turkey, and maybe more. I saw another one with PJ Tucker. He had steak and lobster and mac and cheese. So, okay, can you not get every single thing you want? Maybe they don't have Penang curry or whatever, but it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of giving the guys options and also trying to be safe. Remember, the number one thing with all this is safety, especially at the beginning. So, so there's a rule that when these guys come into the bubble, they are not allowed to leave their rooms for, I believe, 14 days. So they are only allowed to go to practice, interact with their teammates, go back and stay in their rooms. So 
providing the infrastructure to get food that people actually order, get snacks, drinks to keep you throughout the day for all these people, it's a huge undertaking. And yeah, it seems like there's some been some little glitches so far. There's some bit of, little bumps in the road, but the food does not look that bad. It definitely does not look school lunch level bad. And at first, when when I think it was Troy Daniels, who was one of the first guys in the bubble to start posting st- stuff, and people saw, and were like, oh, God, this looks like Fire Festival or something. And it really does show, like, it. You, lighting makes a huge difference in food pics. And I'm not a food photographer, uh, so I can't break the whole science down. But, like, if you get the wrong lighting, basically any food can look disgusting if you get the wrong lighting on it. So, I I just, yeah, it's not maybe the gourmet stuff they're used to. We know all these guys are millionaires. But they're there to play basketball. And my guy, Patrick Beverly, absolutely love him. He didn't make the NBA till he was like 25 or 26. He was bouncing around in Ukraine, Russia, Israel, all these different teams, different leagues, trying to work his way up to the NBA. And he basically was like, I don't care about the food. I don't care about the rooms. Let's play some basketball. And those dudes like Pat are mentally tough. And those are going to be the people that succeed, not the people who are complaining that their grilled chicken is cold. Pat Beverly, he really, I mean, when they say got it out the mud, he really got it out the mud from Chicago, worked his way up in all these different leagues around the world. And, you know, I was just listening to a a great interview with him on the JJ Reddick podcast. I don't mind shutting out other podcasts because I'm confident in myself. And um, Pat was talking about how he can see the fear in other people's eyes when he goes to play them. He knows he might not have the talent, the pedigree, the big name that some other people have, but he has the mentality where he knows and he can look into somebody's eyes and he can see that fear and he can see that discomfort on the court. And he, I mean, he loves that. He loves, he feeds off that. So, oh my gosh, if you're posting about they don't have the right Gatorade flavors, they don't have the chips I like, my rice is too cold... I'm telling you right now, Pat Beverly and guys like that are going to take that, log that weakness, that sign of weakness, and use that against you on the court to win. So people like Pat Beverly, who are single-mindedly focused on the pursuit of winning a championship, those are going to be the people that come through this successfully. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard, as it's been for all of us, to be stuck in a hotel or, you know, after the first couple weeks, you're allowed to leave the hotel room a little more. According to uh, JJ, he said that they're going to start being allowed to, you know, socialize with other teams, hang out with with other players who are staying at different hotels within the bubble. So they're going to start to expand the rules a little bit. But yeah, I mean, if you're really worried about the food that much, I mean, yeah, it's going to suck. But you focus on on the job, the task at hand, and it's going to be a really interesting test here because all the guys have the same. All the guys have the same circumstances, and they've announced that the NBA is even working with some restaurants to provide a special delivery service that will be safe and sanitized for the players. So they're working to try to set this up. Like I mentioned, they even brought all these barbers into the bubble and set up a barber shop, a little bubble barber shop. So they're working to try to accommodate the players. Obviously, though, the food has been a huge issue.
Now, we've already had two gentlemen suspended or reprimanded in the bubble. And the thing just started. Now, first, and this was, I think, literally like the first day in the bubble. It couldn't have been more than 36 hours in the bubble. A young lady on Instagram, I forget her name right now, but a shout out to you. You guys sure can find her if you do your Google research. A young lady on Instagram basically posted, oh no, I've already been invited to the bubble. This shit is not going to work. And uh, yes, the bubble is supposed to be in quarantine. You're not allowed to invite uh, young ladies or really any other people into the bubble who is not a part of the NBA. And doesn't seem like she probably went. Mo Bamba, our guy, who you probably know based on the Sheck West single, Mo Bamba. But yes, he is in fact a real person who's a basketball player for the Orlando Magic. He uh, immediately responded and was like, uh-oh, look at Donovan Mitchell Wylan. Um, and she responded, no, it wasn't Donovan Mitchell, but I wish it was. So whoever it was, I'm sure felt roasted. Maybe Donovan Mitchell's ego was pumped up a little bit more than it already was. And hopefully she didn't go into the bubble. It seems like by, by posting the, the joke on social media, she was kind of hinting that, no, I'm not going to go into the bubble. Uh, you know, wiser mind prevail on this one, but let's just hope it was a joke by her to get some clout, some likes, or just a joke by one of the players, because it literally was like the first day of the bubble. So let's just hope it was a, it was a joke. Um, and, and they never officially reprimanded publicly any players for that. Now, we did see two guys get in trouble. At first, I thought, well, maybe it was one of these guys who, who, who uh, tried to invite uh, this young woman into the bubble and did so breaking the rules. But no, it wasn't. It turns out the two guys who have gotten in trouble in the bubble so far, and that rhymes, trouble in the bubble, the two guys who have gotten in trouble in the bubble so far, it has been in regards to food. As I've mentioned, food, it's all coming back to food. Food has been a huge topic in the bubble. Now, Bruno Caboclo, who was most famously uh, known for the guy who, when he was drafted, they said he was two years away from being two years away, which is just, that's just harsh. But now he's turned into a decent little player, and I guess it is about five years later, so they might have been right after all. Um, Bruno, he got in trouble, and I was like, oh no, Bruno, I hope you weren't the one who texted this girl. But no, what Bruno did was he went down to the lobby to ask if there was more food. So obviously, not everybody hates the food. Now, when I saw Hassan Whiteside with the with the meatballs and the rice and the vegetables and the turkey and the dressing and the all this, it was like the salad, the steak. It's like, do you really need this much food? But he's seven feet tall, right? And these guys are working out, hustling all day. They they I guess maybe they do need that much food. So Bruno, he ate all this food. He had just moved into the bubble. This is real. This is real. He ate all his food. He had just moved into the bubble and he was like, well, I'm still hungry. Bruno is a big guy, like 6'9", 6'10". So he walked down to the lobby to ask if there was more food. And that's the reason he got suspended or reprimanded. They didn't like kick him out of the bubble. They just said 10 days quarantine. You're not allowed to leave your room. Now, part of the rule in the bubble is, you know, for that initial quarantine period, you cannot leave your room. You cannot go into the lobby. They weren't even really letting the teams practice. Guys were working out in their rooms, lifting weights, 
Jimmy Butler got in trouble for dribbling the ball too loud in his room and got a noise complaint actually for dribbling the ball in his room, which I'm sure was super annoying for whoever was below him. So guys have all had to make do in their room. Now, Bruno, who knows? I mean, he has been in the NBA, like I said, for several years. He's not a fresh, you know, fresh rookie, but maybe he didn't realize you could just dial and press down to call the lobby. Um, it's a pretty benign, a pretty innocent thing. The guy was just hungry, going down to look and see if they had more food. And they immediately were like, Bruno, you're suspended. We told you, you can't come down here. Suspended. But, you know, he's not like he's a bad guy. He was just innocently going to ask if they had more food. So obviously, there's at least one guy who doesn't think the food sucks. Now, this one was just had me cracking up of the other guy who got in trouble who was Rashawn Holmes. And I'm not trying to do this at the expense of Rashawn. Um, He also seems like a good dude, but um, this one was just hilarious. And this one was all spurred by my guy, formerly Wave Poppy, now he calls himself Tsunami Poppy, the fashion icon of the NBA, Kelly Oubre Jr. My guy, we miss you in D.C., Kelly, but I'm glad to see you doing big things out there with the Valley Boys in Phoenix. Kelly Oubre. One of the most controversial and, uh, I don't even know, just what, just magnetic forces in the NBA. He tweeted basically something along the lines of, hey guys, I know the food isn't that good, but if you want to do Postmates, uh, you can deliver. You just have to meet the guys outside. Uh, the security won't help you get the food, but if you just go out, you can grab it. Within a couple hours, it seemed like, Rashawn Holmes did exactly that, got Postmates delivered, went down to the lobby, and immediately got suspended, re-quarantined the same situation that Bruno was in. Then Kelly did, like, write back and was like, sorry, my bad, you can't do that. So, was Kelly trying to prank the other guys? Did he actually know that you weren't allowed to do this and he was just trying to see who would fall for it? Or did he just genuinely think you could do Postmates and was trying to help his guys out? We may never know. But that was really a comical turn of events. Rashawn Holmes also, in regards to food, goes down into the lobby, also gets suspended because he was trying to pick up his Postmates. So there's been a lot of food drama already and a lot of stuff about food going on, a lot of storylines about food going on. Miles Turner, center for the Indiana Pacers, I was reading a little interview with him where he was talking about preparing for the bubble and what he brought. Now, Miles, he was clearly worried about the food too. He brought like eight different kinds of condiments, barbecue sauces, hot sauces, peanut sauces. This man is, that's a man after my own heart. You know what the fuck you're doing out here, Miles. Because a great condiment, a great sauce can change any meal, can save any meal. I mean, look, some things are just, some things can't be saved, but um, you that's really a great idea. Sometimes the small details can really make a big difference. Miles, he's clearly a very smart guy. He came prepped with his whole, all of his condiments, and I love his style. Miles, just I had to shout this one out too, even though it's not food related. Miles also brought a bunch of Legos and puzzles to the bubble. And obviously everybody basically who they've asked What is the most important thing you brought to the bubble? Basically, everybody's like, my PS4, my Xbox, my, you know, like, everybody needs their video games in the bubble. Obviously, these guys are going to be quarantined playing a lot of video games. 
And Miles, I'm sure he's playing video games too. He did show up with his video games, but he's also got his puzzles and he's even got this really fancy situation. So like when you're working on the puzzle, you can kind of save it or like roll it up into this little puzzle mat and not break any of your pieces, keep the puzzle attached how it was so you can keep working on it later or save it for later. So clearly, yes, Miles will be playing video games. He will be putting sauce on his different foods, but he'll also be keeping his mind sharp with puzzles by building Lego sets. Um, so I'm glad just to hear that he's multifaceted. And uh, for all those folks here in the I'm Open family, I know that's why you listen to this podcast because you know we bring you a new perspective on sports and we take you behind the stereotypes these guys aren't just dumb jocks okay this man is out here doing puzzles and he even has a very special case to save his puzzles and to keep them in position so i don't like please don't give me the sports is dumb that's not for me because it's all about testosterone and that stuff that is not true there's a lot of sensitive thoughtful guys who bring a bunch of different sauces and puzzles into the bubble. So uh, let's let's remember that. For those of you in the I'm Open family who have been listening for the 50 plus episodes that we have put out over the last couple years, you will already know, well first of all, you'll you'll already know a lot of things. We talked about my guy, Rui Hachimura, who's now a rising star for the Wizards several years ago when he was still in college at Gonzaga and I told you this man was going to be a legend, was going to change the world and was already the best Japanese basketball player the world has ever seen, and he's only getting better. Rui, keep going, buddy. I'm very proud of you, and we love you. Now, another thing that we've talked about is, was, Papa John's. And I told you first, before anybody else, please stop eating Papa John's. Stop. Stop it. If you already do it, don't. If you think it's good, you're wrong. Get your taste buds checked. You don't need to eat Papa John's, and you shouldn't be, right? The quality of the food is one thing. The quality of the person, Papa John Schnatter, who is just, he's racist. I don't have to go back through, listen to some of our previous episodes if you really want to know why. He's also insane when he got relieved from Papa John's. He basically started ordering like two pizzas a day from Papa John's just to prove that he didn't like the pizza as much as before. The quality went down somehow. I still haven't figured that one out. So we have a sort of a little bit of a personal beef with Papa John. And Papa John's in general. And I just, while we're on the food topic, I just want to just give everybody just a little, even though Papa John has left Papa John's, and that might sound confusing to you, you can still just refrain from eating Papa John's. Now, I'm seeing lately uh, commercials and promos for the new... um, and I want to make sure I pronounce this right. I think it's called the Papadilla, which is a quesadilla made out of Papa John's pizza. Now, until you learn how to make a fucking pizza that tastes good, please don't try to make quesadillas or anything else. You're really starting to get me frustrated and angry as somebody who loves food. Okay? I mean, it's like if you can't figure out how to put a fucking seatbelt 
in your car. Don't build a car, right? Focus on the basics first, okay? We, 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 we still have yet to see a good pizza even come from Papa John's. And now you're expanding to different realms where this is just even riskier, okay? And it's a little offensive to me. First of all, whatever, whatever you think you're making, I'm sure that's not what it, what it's going to be. Like we saw this with the jack-o'-lantern pincer. Sorry, I just got my, my tongue is getting twisted here because I'm getting so fucking angry and worked up about Papa John's. But we saw this with the jack-o'-lantern pizzas already. They did this whole promo Halloween time jack-o'-lantern pizzas that are like supposed to be shaped like a little pumpkin. Well, if you see the pictures, these things look like they will give you nightmares. They will definitely give your child nightmares. Okay, so now they're back with the fucking papadillas. I don't even know. I don't want to know what it is. I'm sure it's some sort of a combination between a quesadilla and Papa John's pizza. But until you guys can just make a decent piece of pizza, please do not try to make anything else. Now, this has just been a string after string after string of failures from Papa John's. And and look, this is not a food podcast, but we're on food right now. As you guys know, Papa John's, we have a little bit of a personal vendetta against one another. And I just, it's, it's, I, I can't let this one slip. Because now you're trying to slide through with the papadillas when every single different thing you guys have tried has been an absolute and colossal failure. Failure. I'm, look, a couple years ago, Papa John's tried to release a gluten-free pizza. Then they immediately basically found out that if you were celiac, which means you can't eat gluten, you still would be affected by this pizza. So what the fuck is the point of a gluten-free pizza that people who are gluten-free can't even eat safely? What is the point of that? Papa John's. What is the point? And this is just one in a string of failures. I'm not, I don't have to nitpick here because they're everywhere. Papa John's, the only thing you provide in great quantity is just moments of ridicule and terrible pizza. Okay, Papa John still has all these secret ingredients that they will not share. I've made a pizza by hand. As I mentioned, I like to cook. There should not be secret ingredients. Pizza only requires about four ingredients. Okay? So why now are you guys keeping a secret like you guys have some sort of a secret mix like you're the fucking Krabby Patties? This is not safe, okay? This makes me worried. Why would you need to keep a secret what you have in your pizza? There's sauce, there's cheese, and there's crust, okay? There's not, there's no secrets. There's no fucking secrets about it. It would be like if Dasani said we have secret ingredients in our water. I'm not drinking that water. If that's the case, like what, don't act like you're some sort of a gourmet chain that you think somebody else is going to steal your pizza ingredients because your pizza tastes like sugar water on some fucking crusty cardboard. Okay, so please don't try to act like you have some sort of proprietary recipe that you don't want anybody else to know. Please. And look, it doesn't end there. It does not end there. Back in 2005, Papa John's, they decided to try out a pan pizza. Now, as I've said before, until you can just make a decent regular cheese pizza, which we have yet to see, please stop flexing and mixing with all these different menu items that nobody fucking wants. 
And I'm sorry, I might have broken my record for profanities and F-bombs this episode, but these Papa John's guys just have me very angry right now. So in 2005, Papa John's brought out the pan pizza. It immediately was retracted. People hated it, and it was terrible. Surprise, that's like everything Papa John's does. Now, they did not bring the pan pizza back out, re-release it to the public for 11 years. 11 years. For my NBA fans out there, that's longer than Mario Chalmers' career. Shout out Alaska's finest, Rio. Okay, they did not re-release the pan pizza for 11 years because it was in testing to try to perfect the recipe. Did they perfect it? No, because it's Papa John's. So please, please, to my friends, my family, everyone out there in the iMotion family, do not even put your mouth anywhere close to a papadilla. Any social distancing requirements you are currently abiding by, which should be at least six feet, double or triple that in regards to any Papa John's food products for your safety. Please, please, please. I'm just trying to warn you guys before it's too late. Do not try this or any of these other stupid Papa John's ideas that come out. I, I, I'm sorry I have to keep going on this and harping on this, but it's important to me and your safety and health is important to me as well. Before we say goodbye, you guys know there's something we do every single time on this podcast. That is to recognize our Mask Off Performer of the Week. That goes to somebody who has done something new and revealed something new about themselves taking their mask off. This segment is a shout out to Future. Thank you so much, Future. We can't thank you enough. Mask off. Fuck it. Mask off. Mask off. This week, our Mask Off Award goes to Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Pat won the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl MVP award this past season for the Chiefs. He's only been in the league three years. He's really only played for two of those years. And since then, he has set the league on fire, set the record books on fire, and really looks like he will be dominating this league for a long time. Now, just last week, Pat signed the largest contract in sports history. Not just football history, not just American history, sports history, period. Pat signed a contract, 10 years, $503 million. Yeah, yes, Half a billion dollars to this man from the Kansas City Chiefs and a deal that they hope will keep him there for the rest of his NFL career. Now, shout out to you, Pat. That's a lot of money. And out there, fans, you might be saying, what? How does he deserve this much money? He just gets to play football. That's something fun what he gets to do. Well, we're not going down that road. That's not why we did Mask Off. If, if you think 
George Clooney and Idris Elba and, other, you know, Bruno Mars, all these other entertainers, performers deserve all the money that they get for entertaining people and performing, then you can't really say the athletes don't deserve their uh, income as well. Right. If you think the Kardashians deserve all the money that they get just for being on Instagram and having their own shows and stuff, then you definitely can't say that professional athletes don't deserve whatever income they can negotiate for themselves as entertainers, because that is what they are, entertainers. And yes, their job happens to be fun for them, but that doesn't, you know, just because your job is fun or you like your job doesn't mean you should be punished for it. Okay, so you get what you can bargain for. You get whatever, you know, value you can create for yourself. Obviously, the value Patrick Mahomes has created for himself is over half a billion dollars. So the Chiefs would not have made this deal if they didn't know that he was creating so much value for them as a team, as a franchise. And let's be honest, each NFL team is worth at least a billion dollars, at the very, very least. So... This is not, and this is, it's not like they're just giving him a half a billion. This is over 10 years. This team is, the NFL is making so much money and is basically a monopoly anyway, which we can get into later. They get all these different tax credits and and incentives. So they're not worried about the money. It was a good bargain deal for the Chiefs. But what everybody was focused about, after Pat signed the big contract was, oh my gosh, Pat's working out. 7 a.m., Pat's already working out, throwing. Look at him go. It's 7 a.m. and he's already woken up, rise and grind. He's a half a million, half a billion dollars, but he's still working out at 7 a.m. Now, and this isn't against Pat because he's a super hardworking guy, but I don't, why is it such a big deal the time he was working out at 7 a.m.? Like, And other athletes were responding like, okay, I work out at 5 a.m. Does that make me better than Pat Mahomes? No. I also don't. Yeah, I know people say early bird gets the word and worm and stuff like that. Maybe some people say early bird gets the word. I don't know. But, um, (laughs) you know, it's not. Why does it really matter what time you work out? We have all this fetishization of early grinders, rise and grind, whatever. I mean, if you work out for three hours a day, is it? I mean, maybe physiologists, scientists hit me up and tell me maybe I'm totally wrong and um, I'm open to being wrong. That's why it's the fucking I'm Open podcast. Let me know. I'll listen. But is it really that much better to work out from like 7 to 10 a.m. versus 3 p.m. to 6 p.m.? Does it, is, like, is one better? Is one time of day better? Does your work value less if you do it at a different time? I mean, what if you worked out all night long and then slept in. I mean, I like to sleep in. Not every single day. It's not like I'm a slob, but sometimes I do like to sleep in and it's nice. I mean, is it, does your workout, does your work value more if you wake up early? I mean, how early do you need to wake up to prove that you care? I mean, yeah, some people like waking up early. That's great. But what if you, what if you have your energy in the afternoon? That's, I mean, is, is one better? Is one worse? It's a little, the 7 a.m. thing was a little weird. I think a lot of guys work out at 7 a.m. And that's awesome. That's really awesome. It doesn't necessarily make, it's like when you're like, whoa, 7 a.m., this guy doesn't give up. It's like, okay, probably like 
80% of professional athletes are working out at 7 a.m. And even a lot of pe- uh, you guys out there in the I'm Open family might be doing jogs, Pilates, whatever you guys like to do, walking your dog. But is somebody who walks their dog at 6 a.m. better than you because you don't walk your dog until 7 a.m.? I mean, I don't. I, I think we fetishize a little bit the early riser, rise and grind type thing. People, some people are night owls. Some people like to go work out in the middle of the night. Some people like to work out in the afternoon. Uh, and the fact that, let's just focus on Pat Mahomes is a great guy. He's a great football player. He's a hardworking guy. But I don't, the time, I don't, I just don't see why the time thing matters that much. I mean, we have this whole thing that like players who like to have fun, who like to go out late, must not care about the game. I mean, Michael Jordan, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's got some shoes named after himself. And he's also considered by many to be one of the greatest athletes that's ever walked this planet. He was a legendary partier. He loved to party. He absolutely loved to party. Did do you think that means he doesn't care about basketball? He didn't care about his job. He wasn't that serious. He was goofing off. He was, no, no, of course not. That's stupid. That's all stupid. So it's just let's not equate to because he did something at one certain time he care more than somebody else, or because people like to have a balanced social life, they must not give a shit about their job. I would honestly much rather work and live with people who are well-rounded, have interests, a variety of interests, have social lives, have things that matter to them outside of their job as well. I think that's cool, and I think that's what normal people do. And I know Pat Mahomes isn't normal, I know superstar athletes aren't normal, but can we not just jump on these guys and rag on these guys just for having friends? Or just because they like to be out late and maybe don't work up at seven, eight, 6 a.m., maybe they work out at 9 a.m. I think that's okay. I think that's okay. It doesn't mean they don't care about it. So it's not about Patrick Mahomes, really. That's not what the mask off is about. Shout out to you, Pat. Like, you deserve every single cent, every single penny of that $503 million contract and many more that you're going to be bringing in from endorsements from Nike, Gatorade. I don't even know all the different endorsements this man is going to get. There will be many. But it's more about the media, the way we, what, what we focus on. Why does it matter that he's working out at 7 a.m.? Like, he just, let's just say he's a great guy. He's got a great work ethic. But it's the time thing is not the reason why. It's not like everybody who works out at 7 a.m. is really good at football and everybody who works out at 10 a.m. sucks. Because there's a lot of guys who probably work out at 4 a.m. who are not nearly as good as Pat Mahomes. So, let's, you mean, what are we, what are we talking about? What, what, why does it really matter? Why does it really matter what time you're getting it done as long as you're getting it done? And let's just let people be well-rounded human beings who care about their friends, care about their families, have varied interests like Miles Turner who likes doing puzzles and who, who likes uh, sauces, right? Let's, let's, isn't that good? Isn't that what we all strive to be ourselves? Multifaceted people with different interests and different skills and abilities. Isn't that good? Not something we should be squashing down. So 
you know, this mask off isn't really for Pat Mahomes. It's more for the media and the stupid way that they covered this whole story when it, it really doesn't matter what exact time he was working out, how early or how late. Let's just say the man works really hard to be great at his job and he's earned everything he's gotten. We're proud of him. We're happy for him. And we're excited to see what he does this season. We know he'll be just as motivated as ever. But, you know, to the sports media guys out there... You guys just stop stop doing all these workout fetish stuff. We see every time, like we saw this, everybody coming back for the bubble, for the NBA bubble, every single guy is somehow in the best shape of his life. Everybody's either gained 40 pounds or lost 40 pounds or added two feet to their vertical leap. Let's just wait and see. Let's just wait and see who's good at basketball, right, before we start hyping up all these workouts. Okay, this isn't the strongest man competition. So it's it's not survivor to see who can lift the most tires. Okay, so let's see which of these things actually pays off on the field of play and provides results before we fetishize all these different weird workouts these guys are doing and what time they're doing them. Thanks again for listening to I'm Open, Please. Leave us a rating, write us a review, and tell a friend to listen to the show. You can follow us on Instagram at imopen underscore pod to let us know what you want to hear about on the next show. Everybody, have a great night, and don't forget to stay open.